Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Our scripture comes to us from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. I'm going to invite you to turn with me in your own Bible or in the Bible found there in the pew around you. Romans, chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Hear now these words. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. As, as I said earlier, I'm Adam Seat, and last Sunday, my wife Jennifer and I were away. We were able to go away to Nashville for a week and, and spend some time listening to a lot of live music. And one of the most beautiful things about uh, this season that we continue to be in is that we are able to continue to do the live stream. And so while I was there in Nashville, I was able to tune in and watch worship and even had to ask Pastor Corey who someone was that I could see on the video because I didn't know. It was just interesting to be able to continue to stay tuned. And that's such a beautiful thing for those that are maybe joining us online right now. We give thanks for that opportunity to still remain connected even when we can't be here. And so thank you for those that are a part of that. If you are ever interested in helping to give back to the church, that's one of the ways that you can. We always are in need of additional volunteers who can help continue to be able to help us to do the live streams. So if you're interested in that, we would love to have your participation. Let's go to God in prayer. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. 
Amen. We are in this series called Revive. And I know that as a child growing up in the church, particularly down here in the South, I'm remembering revivals. Any of you familiar with a revival? Let me see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Which is appropriate for all of those revivals would end with a time where the preacher would offer an invitation for people to pray. And every head bowed, every eye closed. Every church that I grew up in would have a revival, a series of special worship services. If you're not familiar with that, special services where a guest preacher oftentimes would come in. Sometimes it'd be held in the sanctuary. Sometimes there might even be in a tent outside or out in the churchyard. And people would come. And most of the time it was people from within the church to be revived. I mean, revive, that word really meaning just to live again and to be able to find that life once again. And so we would come together and we'd have fiery preaching. I remember my dad would host them and I would be there sitting and I'd be so observant. And when we'd get to that time in the service where the preacher would say this prayer and he'd invite you to invite Jesus into your heart. And again, every head bowed, every eye closed, except for the curious and those that are looking around to see Who's praying the sinner's prayer? Who's praying the prayer that the preacher is leading us in? Because then he would say, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to raise that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. And if you're really head bowed and eyes closed, you're really starting to wonder, are there really hands going up? I mean, did people really pray that prayer? So you'd be looking around. And most of the time it was people that had been a part of the church. Maybe they were rededicating their life to God. And it was always that time of trying to be renewed in the life of the congregation, being reminded of what it means for us to live life together in community. Revive. Be revived. And so we're, we're being reminded this, this time about what it means for us to be revived, to be a part of the community of faith. When we join the United Methodist Church, we take our vows, and our vows are that we would support the church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Last Sunday, Pastor Corey talked about how we support the church with our prayers, the way that we pray for one another. I mean, prayer is such a vital part of our relationship with God, but it's also such an important part of our relationship with one another. I can't tell you how much, how it makes me feel when someone says, Pastor, I'm praying for you. Because most of the time, we really don't have a clue what we're doing. We're just trying to get our way through. And so your prayers are so desperately needed when we're seeking God's will, when we're seeking God's guidance. And so it is so important that we truly pray for the church, pray for one another. And if you've ever been in a circumstance where you're going through difficult times or, or maybe you're getting ready to go through a medical procedure or maybe you're experiencing times of grief, times of loss, having somebody, having somebody pray with you, that's, that's such an important thing. It changes. It just changes things. And so we are reminded of the ways that we need to pray for and with one another. And as Pastor Corey said, this is a good way to start. As we have our list of names each week in the bulletin, 
That's a good way to start for us to be able to pray for and with one another. But today we're talking about that second vow that we would support the church with our presence. With our presence. You know, in school, on the first day of the, week, of the year, almost always, or at least for the first several days, the teacher would take attendance. And you would have to respond with either saying present or here. And so one by one, the teacher would call out the names and someone would respond present, present, here, present, whatever it was, the instructions. If it was present, it would usually lead to someone who would be a smart aleck and say, present. And that would usually be me, unfortunately. But you would hear. We would have to acknowledge that we were present. But more times than not, we might have been there, but we weren't really present. I mean, you can be somewhere and not really be present right there. I love people watching. And at the airport, that's one of the greatest places to people watch, to watch people wondering where they're going. And so many times you would see families that were gathered together. They were with one another, but you could tell they weren't really present with one another. I mean, if you go out to eat lunch today, I bet you'll see people sitting at the same table. They're with one another, but they're not really present. They're probably doing this. They're probably checking their phones, texting, or doing something else. Or even, I, I know there have been times, myself included, uh, where maybe I'll be sitting at the table with my wife, but behind her there might be a television on or a a game that I might be interested in. And so I might be, I'm with her, but I'm not really present. We do this in so many ways. We get distracted and we're not really with the people that God has called us to be with. I mean, sometimes we might be sitting on the same pew with somebody. We're not really with them. We're not really present with them. I think that when we take that vow that we're going to be present, we're going to support the church with our presence. That means that we're going to come alongside and we're going to find the ways that we can be with one another. And as I read through Paul's scriptures, this morning in particular, it hit me once again how many times he uses the word with in this passage of scripture that we read. It starts with love one another with mutual affection. I mean, with, you've got to be present to be able to demonstrate that kind of love. But as it goes down a little bit further, picking up with verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. I think this with is that reminder of the way that we are to truly be present with one another. And I think when I read that line, rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, when somebody has something that they are so thankful for, maybe they have accomplished something tremendous. Maybe they've finally gotten the job of their dreams. Maybe they are celebrating the birth of a child. Or maybe they're celebrating a wedding, a marriage ceremony that has taken place. Something remarkable that has taken place in their life. You can't help but experience that same kind of joy with them, to rejoice with them. Joy is contagious if we're with them. And when I read that line about weeping with those who weep, you know, when you see somebody 
who is overcome with emotion. You can't help but feel that in your very core. One of the most difficult funerals I ever did was of a young person who had been a volunteer with our youth group. And to be doing that funeral, I couldn't look where all the youth were assembled because they're weeping. And I couldn't help but be overcome with that same emotion. To weep with those who weep means to be present with one another. And too many times we find ourselves not being present with someone. And too many times we find ourselves not being present with the ones that God has aligned us with. In what ways can we try to be more present? In what ways can we be more with those that God has called us to? In what ways can we be more present in the life of the church? I mean, maybe there's somebody in your life that you know of that is going through an incredibly difficult time, and they feel like they're going through it all alone. Maybe we can live into our vows by finding the ways that we can be present for that person in their time of need. Maybe you know someone who is going through all kinds of medical treatments and they feel so isolated in the midst of it. Maybe you can choose to be present. Maybe even take them to the appointment. How can we be present for those who are experiencing such time of loss and grief? We can be with them. We do not go through this alone. God has called us to be with. Rejoice with those who rejoice, to weep with those who weep, to live with one another. I believe that we are called to live this life together, that we're to be present in one another's lives so that no one ever feels they are going through this alone. So may we see the ways that we may be with someone. When I think of what it means to be with someone and the ways that it empowers us and equips us, I'm reminded of years ago, I had made a decision that I wanted to get in shape. I wanted to start going back to the gym. And so I joined a gym, and then I found out that a friend of mine at the church wanted to do the same thing, so he joined the same gym, and we made a commitment to each other that every morning at 5 o'clock, we were going to go to the gym. I do not like to get up early, not at 5 o'clock. And that alarm clock would go off, but I knew I had to meet Jim at the gym. And so if I, I'd hit that snooze maybe once, but I had to get up because I couldn't do it by myself. I couldn't leave him by himself. I had to be present with him. And that motivated me. That got me committed because I had made a commitment to him. And he had made a commitment to me. And we knew that we were going to live into that commitment. We were going to be present. And that empowered us day in and day out to get up at 5 o'clock or before 5 o'clock to be at the gym by 5. When we make these commitments to God and to one another, then we are going to be present. We're going to be present with one another so that we don't have to do this alone. We will be present. And through our presence, we may be revived. Let us pray.
Lord, your presence has called us here to this table. We give thanks for the way that your spirit has called and the way that we are able to experience your presence. And now in this time, Lord, may your spirit move us to find those that you are calling us to. That we would be willing to take action, to go forth, to be present, to actually be with those whom you send us to. Because God, no one needs to experience this journey of life alone. So may we go, may we be those people that don't just lift it up as words in prayer, but those words would become action in the ways that we live out being with one another. So may your spirit lead us. May your spirit lead us so that we may be your presence in the lives of others. God, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.